Radio. The Trinity is never something we could have come up with by ourselves. It's not something that we could have worked out with our own reason. The doctrine of the Trinity is something that comes to us through revelation. Revelation is when God discloses something to us. God reveals himself to us. And so the, the, revelate, the Trinity is one of those truths of revelation that he has communicated to us. And if he has communicated this truth to us, to the whole church, then it must be important. It must be something that we can learn from. So what is the Trinity about? Because sometimes it seems like a bit of an abstract mathematical equation. Now, what is the importance of the Trinity? Well, C.S. Lewis was a great help to me in this. Now, remember C.S. Lewis in a book called Mere Christianity said that this doctrine of the Trinity makes sense of what we read in the scriptures, that God is love. God is love. Not that he is loving, or that he has love for us, which is true, but that he is love. That God in his very essence is love. And that only really makes sense to say that God is love if somehow within God himself there is an interplay of beloved and a lover and the love between the beloved and the lover. And that's what the truth of the Trinity teaches us, that the Father loves the Son. The Father loves the Son, the beloved one. And that the love between the Father and the Son is itself a person, the Holy Spirit. So three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, bound together in this wonderful exchange of love. I often say to people, this is really good news, the Trinity, because God didn't need to create anything. He didn't need to create us. God wasn't up there lonely and twiddling his thumbs, wondering how to make some people for himself so he could have some company. God was perfect and always is perfect. God was sufficient unto himself. He didn't need to create the world. And so the only reason he could have for creating all of us is love. Just wanting to share that love with us for our benefit, in other words, not for his. So that's the meaning. That's the meaning of the doctrine of the Trinity, that God is love. And that he has loved us into being and wants us to share in that love. We hear in the gospel this weekend the great commission of Jesus that comes at the end of Matthew's gospel. And it's very interesting to look at that great commission, the detail of it. Jesus says to them, to these 11 disciples, Go therefore, make disciples of all, all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all the commands I gave you and know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. So if we break that down, what are those instructions? Well, go and make disciples. That's the first thing, make disciples. 
I've probably said it many times before, but that's why the church exists. Church exists to evangelize. In other words, to tell people about the good news, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, it makes disciples, makes other followers of Jesus Christ. But that means that we have to ourselves be followers, disciples. And disciples, if they're real, authentic disciples, aren't just disciples on a Sunday or a Saturday night. They're disciples all through the week. They're disciples every day because Jesus Christ is their master every day. He is the one who their life revolves around. And we're called, all of us, not just bishops and priests and religious, all of us are called to make disciples. All of us are called to evangelize. In other words, we're called to tell other people about this wonderful gift that we ourselves have. So go therefore, make disciples. And then he says, baptize them. Notice he didn't say, tell them to be a good person. Tell them to open up a soup kitchen. None of those things are bad. But he says, go and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus puts before us the sacraments, and especially that first sacrament of baptism that introduces us into this supernatural life of God. So we're born into this world, not in right relationship with God. We inherit that original sin that has separated us from God. And so baptism puts that right. Baptism brings us into intimacy with God and fills us with the divine life, fills us with sanctifying grace. And all of the sacraments are meant to be ways that we are nourished and fed so that we can be the disciples we're meant to be. So that's why the church recommends you know, frequent confession, holy communion in a state of grace, encourage us to receive the sacraments of confirmation, of matrimony, of holy orders if we're called to be priests, sacraments of the sick if we're seriously ill and we need healing, these are all ways that the divine life comes to us. These are the ordinary ways that Jesus wants to animate us and fill us with his, himself, his life. St. Paul says to the Romans that the Holy Spirit has been sent into our hearts so that it cries out, Abba, Father, testifying that we are children of God. So before actually we think about what we should be doing, we need to know who we are and who we are through our baptism. And we are children of God, nothing less. Beloved children of God. That's something that the devil tries to make us forget. That's something that the devil tries to make us doubt. So whenever you catch yourself thinking, well, I'm just a, a dirty, unpleasant person, I'm just a a horrible thing. I'm not a child of God. No, that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the evil one. The evil one affirms our value, affirms our preciousness, which is why he calls us to turn away from sin, because he doesn't want us to remain slaves to the devil. He wants us to live in the freedom of the children of God that we are through baptism, through that wonderful gift. 
So we're called to be baptised. We're called to receive that sacramental life of God. And what then does Jesus say? He says, teach them to observe all the commands I gave you. So the way to stay true to what we receive in baptism is to follow the commandments, to follow the teaching of Jesus Christ. And how is that teaching given to us today, but through the teaching of the church? So that's why we follow the teaching of the church, not because the church wants us to, but because that's what keeps us in touch with Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ gave us a church so that we could be united with him, so that we could know which path to follow. And goodness knows our world is giving us all sorts of false paths to follow, paths which don't lead to life, but lead to death. And the worst thing is, as we see in Ireland at the moment, people will celebrate walking along that path to death. And that's the tragedy, the blindness that comes with following the world's way of thinking and not the gospel's way of thinking. So we are asked to observe all the commands which Jesus gives us, and he gives us those commands through the church. And then that wonderful final phrase, and know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. He's with us always. He never left us. He has never forsaken us. And the way that he's with us in the most intimate way is in this Catholic church, in this tabernacle. And he's given to us in Holy Communion so that he can be united with us in our bodies too and in our souls. We should never take for granted the gift of the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. We should never take for granted the fact that Jesus is present in this church in this most special of ways. It's been said by other Christians, you know, if they believed what we Catholics believed about the Eucharist, about the fact that Jesus is present in the tabernacle in the way he is, that they would not be able to get up off their knees, that they would be prostrate on the ground before the presence of God. How often do we take it for granted? How often do we use our church like a bit of a community, community centre? Forget that it's a sacred place. That's a place where we should show respect to God who dwells here in a special way. How often do we ignore that opportunity to go and spend time in the presence of Jesus, who is loving us all the time, loving us from this tabernacle? He's not passive. He's not emotionless. His heart is moved with love for each one of us. And yet so often we leave him alone or we ignore him, or we talk to somebody casually as if we're in the supermarket in his presence. Let's recognise the gift of Jesus in the Eucharist, the gift of the real presence in our churches, the fact that he is with us to the end of time. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.